Do you ever want to be a guest on a super cool podcast hosted by a glamorous power couple from their cutting-edge home studio on the outskirts of a major metropolitan world hub? Hollywood, anyone? Us, too. Until then, let's pretend. One of these days, you might get a DM, a PM, an EM, or even a message in a bottle inviting you to join my husband and I for an hour or two in our chat lab, working on solutions for all the world's problems. And when you are invited, there's only one response. Yeah, uh-huh. Lisa and Phil. This week we have Katie Chinakis. She is an actress. She's a writer. She's a song singer and writer. She's an artist and stand-up comedian. And Phil was saying something about uh, clothing line, maybe. The sophisticated psychos. So, uh, yeah, we have music, a production company. We we have comedy, drama, music, and. you know, I have uh, co- I have coffee mugs available with my new poetry book, A Lover's Fairy Tale. Oh, yeah. great! Right. Yeah, awesome. but I love fashion. Oh, yes. I'm obsessed with fashion. Yeah, <laughs> I'm obsessed yeah. with fashion, though. Yeah. My the painting behind me, which the listener can't see, is a, a fashion collage story that I. That's how I when I paint, I do three dimensional collages. Okay. Yeah, with fashion yeah. inspired. Well, so I grew up in Michigan, me? so yeah I, yeah, I used to go to Illinois all the time. Okay. It was only a 45-minute flight. Yeah, four-hour drive. Oh, yeah. I loved going to Chicago growing up, being Greek. They had a cool, beautiful Greek town in Chicago. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know they had that. Mm-hmm. Well, they got something good. for everybody. Chicago is like a melting pot. <laughs> Chicago is just like mm-hmm. amazing. It's really an amazing city. Really. Mm-hmm. It's the only the only problem I have with it is the the commuting. <laughs> mm. but, yeah, yeah it, the commute from our house would be yeah. a little iffy. Yeah, we're kind of smaller town, I guess. Yeah. Mm. But what you're not in Michigan anymore, right? Or, or, or I was just there actually. Yeah, it's, it's my home. I have a home studio in LA, New York, and in Michigan too. With the with the pandemic, I built my own uh, studio there actually, where I was doing a lot of my podcasting and recording all my voiceovers. With the pandemic, everything is definitely not only the craft of acting, but the tech aspect. You know, the being in a treated space, so. Yeah, yeah. So right now I'm in in Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So have you done um, like have you done some voiceover work with the pandemic and all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the voice of Seven Eleven for the next year, which is really cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, I did some AI stuff. You sign non disclosure agreements, so like a lot right. of times you you can't really talk about the projects you're working on with social media and how things are. So mm-hmm. right. But I, I'm grateful. 
it definitely even it work is work, whether you get right. booked on the job and paid or you're just auditioning, like during the pandemic, mm-hmm. I would have like 27 auditions a week. It's the energy of just in motion action, doing something. Mm-hmm. So you're not sitting around sulking, twiddling your thumb, wishing to be a part of something. I was definitely yeah. a part of all the biggest projects and all the mm-hmm. stuff that was happening out there. So it's really cool to be able to see firsthand, like what's happening, you know, mm-hmm. with like commercials, like the new brands and the new things that are coming out and deals before like America knows about them, which is, which is really exciting. Yeah. And all the animation, new shows and stuff, auditioning for them. So in the union, if you just land, you know, one gig, then it's like amazing because, you know, it's it's so much fun. Yeah. Doing voiceovers. So that's, that's my goal is to be a household name on an animation voiceover series. That's what I'm working towards and focused on right now. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, we just uh, interviewed a voiceover producer, Salt. I think I saw that. Yeah. Shane Katie Salt. Had, yeah. Yeah. Shane Salt. I, yeah, Shane was just on my podcast. Yeah. Oh, cool. His, his yeah. team, Bill Carcerum. Holmes. Dan, yeah, Carcerum, the series. His mm-hmm. team, Bill Holmes. That's how I know Shane through Bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dana Powers is how she plays the lead. It's how I know her too through Bill Holmes, yeah. but yeah, they're, they're uh, my, ver- my voiceover crew. Yeah. I work with them like right. every day. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. That sounds like it's a good group to get in with. I know he's yeah. they're, they're geniuses. He's so yeah. amazing. I love his character and ethics. And we talked uh-huh. about morals and values and work discipline and nourishing mm-hmm. and making the quality choices and what he did. I mean, you should put a link to his, his episode in the show notes from my podcast. I can send it to you, but he okay. really talks about like the breakdown of where he moved from Seattle to, you know, where he mm-hmm. went to school and how he got involved and how that mm-hmm. created opportunities. And as a, you know, as a youngster in his twenties, yeah. those character choices he made led to how the industry is now and how people interact and connect with one another. Yeah. And and it's one of those things where if you can't find the work, make the work yourself. Which snap, is snap, great. snaps. That's yeah. it. You create something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Anything I touch, it turns to gold. That's what people say. Like anything I touch turns to gold. You just have to be mm-hmm. interested and focus and nurture and care and love it a bit. And mm-hmm. then boom, it can blossom. And you don't know what it's going to blossom to. That's the beauty of every flower. Right. But you sit and you watch and you nurture it and you send love to mm-hmm. it and you take care of it. And then, you know, every, you know, you sow a seed and then every, every individual has their own bloom, you know, and mm-hmm. not, not to like, you know, put so much pressure onto one, but just, you know, sow different seeds and, and nourish it. And what, what moves you, what, what are you interested in one step at a time that whatever we're interested in one step at a time, move to that direction where then we're putting good energy, good vibes, good thoughts into things mm-hmm. we want and then dismantling one step at a time the things we don't want. Or if you're an intense person like me, you just pull the root and you're just like, oh, these 10 things aren't good for me. I'm making a list. I'm pulling them all. Tomorrow, I, I won't know your name. I won't be calling you. I won't be associating with you or that place or that thing because it's not good mm-hmm. for my soul and who I am as a human being. And we get to check in with ourselves like once a month, every mm-hmm. day, every week, we check in with ourselves and dismantle what's not serving us and it's not an emotional thing. It's just like, well, for our emotional health, yes, it's an emotional thing, but it's yeah. not an emotional thing if you don't want to associate or do business or be friends with someone anymore. We need to do what's good for us. And then we're going to be better for the people we love and care about and be better humans on this planet. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I had one of my favorite teachers once said to me, she said, 
you can really block a lot out of your life by by saying I don't have the time because you're you're amazed at how much when how much you're able to do if you you know when you take it on and you if have you a just... passion for it and then sometimes you look at something in hindsight and didn't realize you know I I, I utilize that time perfectly and I, and I didn't have a, a minute to spare hardly <laughs> but <laughs> you know it's it's amazing what you can yeah. do you know sometimes you just have to say no thank you <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah okay but let's let's mention your podcast uh, yeah. she's all over the place how long have you been doing that uh well um 2019 october was my first episode and and then during the pandemic when we had time to sit and reflect and look at everything mm-hmm. i um i then decided to put it into seasons and go for full force so now i'm I just wrapped season three last week. I'm taking a break for a few months. And then season four, I curated a women empowerment series. So I'm going to focus on the divine femininity and listening and hearing women's stories. And not only for the planet, the people, the world, but also everything starts with self. So for myself on a deeper level, endowing in the femininity and my relationships with mm-hmm. you know females so I think it's really important and I know you mm-hmm. know everyone tuning in can definitely understand and has heard language about uh, women being more of a collective and men standing for women and mm-hmm. more women's voices and stories being told so I want to be a part of that co- collective consciousness and movement absolutely so- yeah yeah, you know, um, but the, the oh, she's all over the place. Yeah, that's a description that has been used towards me. Mm-hmm. I am ADHD. <laughs> Are Bless you a you. sister? Okay, I thought so. So yeah. I would like to say I've never been Great. diagnosed. You're smarter, but yeah, I've never been diagnosed ADHD. Mm-hmm. I I read this book by this author from Michigan called Queen of Distraction. It's an amazing book, and it uh-huh. gave a lot of insight to like God willing, when I'm a mother one day. But it was like spot on. I'm like, yo, this is me. This is me. But you can't really test for ADHD. Like they can't see in your brain. Actually, there's an MRI for that. There is? Yes. I searched. see it in an MRI. I searched in 2019 and and when I was in Brooklyn and they they couldn't. When I was in my early 20s, I did a brain study at uh, the hospital, University Hospital in Cincinnati. I volunteered for an MRI brain study. And when I came out of the MRI, the tech says, were you diagnosed ADHD or do you just, or, or, you know, are you one of those women who didn't get diagnosed? Because females do not get diagnosed because we present differently. Mm. And, and I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, you can see it on the MRI. Wow. That's great. So maybe they never released those findings or maybe they didn't, you know, pan out. But my understanding is they can tell on the MRI. Okay, well, I went to a neurologist in Brooklyn seeking to Mm -hmm. find out if I could Mm -hmm. possibly have ADHD. And I did a I did three different tests where they put the Mm -hmm. patches on my head and they did an MRI and they did something else. And my blood flow was good. Nothing Mm -hmm. showed up. But maybe it was since you went in for a voluntary test, maybe it was with specific doctors. And I'm not quite sure, but I know. I've taken a test before and you can take a test to see right, um, right a, like yeah. a physical test. But with that being said, yes, it's very much of an ADHD thing. It's very much uh, I'm a mental health advocate. My podcast mm-hmm. is being a mental health advocate, standing for people who want to share stories 
And it's about arts and entertainment with ethics, morals, and values. And, and for me, it's not about the diagnosis. It's about mm-hmm. the therapy. And if you can use a therapy, whether, whether you have that diagnosis or not, if the therapies and the ideas that help people with that issue help you, then so what, you know, mm-hmm. it's just a label. Yeah. I the think it really, is, does it help? Yeah. I think it really breaks down the stigma when you can like put a label like, oh, cobalt blue or like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's a bed or that's something. Then it demystifies it. Like Gabor Mate, he's amazing. M-A-T-E. I binged Mm -hmm. him for 16 hours on YouTube. I'm an advocate, a big fan, but he really breaks down the simplicity of trauma. And and it's like how everyone is traumatized. We're all traumatized and we get traumatized from infancy. And it really Mm -hmm. like breaks it down. Not that I've been to a party with a hundred people or 30 people or even 15 people in the last year and a half. But when you show yeah. up to an event or a party or a restaurant or something, and then people are so quick to judge and so quick to um, mm. compare, but it's like, now it's like, I think we all have during this time, more compassion and understanding, like we're all going through something. So it's been mm-hmm. a huge revelation, but with Gabor Mate, it's like the, what I got from it is like, most people don't know what's going on within themselves for mm-hmm for someone to be able to come to a, a a circle and talk for five minutes and then they leave and like everyone talks about that one person. It's like for someone to do that, for people to do that, they don't know what's going on inside themselves or else they wouldn't do that to someone that they just met for five minutes. So it right. really gives an understanding to have more compassion for self, to understand self because most of the time our ourselves don't even know what's happening within because it's always changing our thoughts, how we're feeling. It's always changing. And if we're always changing and it's a self-discovery, how, how in the world can we understand someone we've just met for five minutes or at a party or, you know, known for even a couple of years, right? We're always, we're all going through different stuff, but Gabor Mate is amazing for understanding the wisdom of trauma. Cool. Do you, uh, it's your show. It's, it's, an interview format, uh, but you talk about this series that you're, you're planning for the next season. Is that going to be more of a uh, docu-series or something, or is, that, is it still going to follow that uh, podcast interview, interview format. format? Listener, that's Stoa Homer. He's Greek. My sister's <laughs> dog. We're keeping it raw and natural around here. We can and tell by the accent that he's Greek, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the aunt babysitting. Yeah. So yes, he's he just, adorable. He's, he just <laughs> learned his bark last week. I didn't know dogs like mm-hmm. learned their bark. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Well, I, I know that like uh, they have to get familiar with the space before they for, feel comfortable enough to protect and live in it, so to mm-hmm. speak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like our dog, when we first got our, our Irish setter, it took her like two weeks before she barked at all. Mm. And honestly, she wasn't much of a barker anyway mm. through the whole, you know, through her whole life. Yeah. 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 With, with doing voiceovers. That's yeah. why I've been hesitant to get a dog because I'm mm-hmm. traveling a lot. And also I need to have a dog that doesn't bark because with my voiceovers, like I can't, I can't do it. It's, I can't have that irritation, that, that instinct of any distraction. I need to be so focused and it's just, it comes with the territory. We all have our, you know, must haves and no thank yous yeah. when doing something that we need to do for our lives and our profession. But to answer your question, it's, I'm going to just ask questions. So the people who um, are going to be on the show, you know, one's an international art curator. So I'll want to know the discovery of her psychology and the journey of who she is. And 
there's someone who has, who's bipolar. And so mm-hmm. I want to know the story of like, what are your symptoms? How did you know you were bipolar and anything mm-hmm. she wants to share with that? So it's really all over the place under the umbrella of every like last season had the theme of poetry. So, I mean, I guess it's interview docu-series definitely style, mm-hmm. yeah. but I feel like mm-hmm. that encapsules the whole show, all the seasons, because I get yeah. very detailed and personal because I feel like that's what people really want to know because you can't just talk to someone about their success because what I do and what someone else does, even if I share my story and they share their stories, it can't already be done. What's already been done is done. And like what mm-hmm. happened in the eighties won't happen in the nineties. And what happens like when I went around the world, traveling the world, asking from multi-billionaires and millionaires, like how to be successful, what do you have to do to be, to do be, to be successful? And it's like, no that matter changes. what, no matter what they share with me, like they can only tell me their best gifts and they're like the worst no, no, no's. But what worked for them is a roadmap, but there's never an exact, it's just a, it's just mm-hmm. like a timeline or an outline because what's already been done is done. And if you ask someone to go and do what, recreate what they did, their genius, mm-hmm. they probably wouldn't be able to do it again. Yeah. Mm. yeah you can only invent the pet rock once. Right. Yeah. <laughs> With streaming and, you know, all the social media and stuff, like it just mm-hmm. happens so many new ways now. And the people of you know, who've already been successful, if they ca- go and try to do it, maybe with a fresh mind of a teenager or someone in their young 20s, maybe they wouldn't be able to do it because they already know two, three, four decades of what they already know. And it's right. it'll be very challenging for them to dismantle what they already know. So that's why when you come in mm-hmm. with a fresh, clean slate with a, a blank canvas, it's easier to, you know, create something that's magnetic and new because mm-hmm. it hasn't been done before. You know, it's just right. that hope and energy and faith and that birthing of the excitement and following that excitement we were talking about earlier or that I mentioned earlier finding that excitement and fi- following that flow mm-hmm. like one step at a time or you know a big step 10 10 steps at a time whatever mm-hmm. however however we're feeling day to day in the moment you know right right I don't think like mentoring I don't think there's like a real blueprint for mentoring or teaching and that's why some people will will fail at it because they expect their student to be in their same mold. But uh, it's the ones that are able to kind of reach into the, the mind or the heart and pull out the mm-hmm. uh, the best of that person or, or the people that are successful. Right. Yeah, I have an 11x method and I work with clients. And when I coach mm-hmm. clients, and I think I make one of the best coaches because of my over two decades of experience in entertainment. And I grew up running cross countries, all about short term, medium term, long term goals. And having the foresight, the insight of those dynamics, like what what happens on the the micro affects the macro, you know, mm-hmm. so I get with my clients and I coach them and I get into the brainchild of who they are, their beliefs, where they stand, like what's your 100, what's your 80 percent, knowing them and then I can shape shift and tailor each program with them with the okay. basic principles of who I am and what I do. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Is there, mm-hmm. is there like an ideal, like, okay, if I, if on our podcast, I guess if I could interview somebody from world baseball or something, that mm-hmm. it, it would be like, Oh, you know, that would be a big deal for me. Is there like somebody that you would really uh, love to have on that, that, you, that you've not been able quite to, to get to this point? Well, I haven't asked them yet, but my sister turned me, my sister, Anna Chinakis is a genius 
she's into neuroscience and she's just so amazing. And she shared so much information with me, mm-hmm. but so she turned me on to um, Tim Ferriss. She turned me on to Naval, N-A-V-A-L. So it'd be really cool. I think to have those two people on my podcast and converse with them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you published recently a book, a poetry book called A Lover's Fairy Tale. Yes. So is that mm-hmm. stuff that you've compiled over uh, a period of time or tell us a little bit about that? During the pandemic, we had time to sit and reflect and I have thousands of pieces of poetry mm-hmm. and I write on Ariana Huffington's platforms and I've released a couple of pieces on her platform on the Huffington Post articles I wrote for like World Poetry Day years ago while I was in London one year studying poetry, studying Shakespeare for a summer. And I was, you know, my birthday was coming up on 11-11 of last year. And I'm like, what's one thing that I've always wanted to do that I haven't done yet? And I'm like a kid in a candy store. I'm like, oh, I've always wanted to be a self-published poet, have my own poetry book. So I collected 11 pieces. My birthday is 11-11. So I love the number Mm -hmm. 11. So I selected 11 pieces on love and this fantasy fairy tale of all positive, gorgeous, whimsical love of experiences I had traveling the world untainted, untainted by another person's vision or thoughts, just with the universe, with God, seeing waterfalls in nature and rocks and being on ships and just Mm -hmm. being in a place of that lease of of non-resistance and being in that that flow state of that that circle circular flow state of Mm -hmm. when you're just in nirvana and ecstasy just by sitting and being and breathing by you know your cell on a cellular level by my environment and I selected these 11 pieces and I put them into the poetry book and then I created a loversfairytale.com. I created an automation and I'm not a branding queen, but I had a branding expert, Robin Graham on my podcast. Mm-hmm. And, and she taught me about branding so much about branding. And I was able to take these spoken word music videos that I self-produced and I repackaged them, rebranded them into a lover's fairy tale playlist of these spoken word music videos that I did over the last decade and then repackaged mm-hmm. it to put it out with my book. So I was so excited and proud because I've never been able to like do something like that. Yeah, yeah it was really neat. <laughs> so that's a lover's fairy And can you get it? Is it on Amazon as well? Mm-hmm. Barnes and Nobles, Amazon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I suggest definitely holding the pieces in your hand. There's 14 pieces of artwork that were done with the original Polaroid that discontinued in 2001. And I collaborated with my dear friend, who's an artist, Robert Sturman. And so they look like paintings, but they're photographs and they're original and super rare. So when you hold the poetry book in your hands, there's this Mm -hmm. feeling you get sensorially when you're looking at the reading the pieces and just holding mm-hmm. the book and just looking at the images yeah mm-hmm. all right well let's take a little break here for our sponsor and then we'll back with uh, katie to discuss some of her work in uh, film mm-hmm. and uh, some of the and stuff, other work and other stuff yeah <laughs> cool yeah. i've only had one person who had a dog and they were so mm-hmm anal about it. I'm like, no, it's cool. I'm like, leave it in. It's fine. I'm not going to edit it out. It's God's nature. It's fine. And then, and then one other time I had an artist on Robert Sturman actually, and there were birds and it was so beautiful. I'm like, oh, that's so pretty. 
Yeah, yeah, cool. Well, sometimes you'll hear our neighbor's dog. It's so loud yeah. you can hear him from next door. Right. And, and, uh, yeah, I was once in a work meeting, and the and the uh, the new director's like, uh, "Whose dog is that?" And I'm like, "My next door neighbors. We're ten feet away from their yard." <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! And yeah. So we got a board, and we barely know and the how window to, was closed. We barely know how to operate our board, right? So uh-huh. we get all this ambient noise on our headphones and stuff. So yeah. You know, we, we do the best we can, but, you know, you talked about gain there at the beginning and it's like, I wouldn't know which, which one of those dials to turn, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, up and down, up and down. Yeah. But We're Gary still working v, on it. Yeah. Gary V, Gary Vanderchuk. He's like, sometimes like, you know, years ago, I'd be listening to Gary V and he's on a podcast or talking and it's like, he's going down the street in New York with like ambulances and taxi cabs mm-hmm. honking. It's, and yeah. people say it's about the content. It's about the value and the content. People will adjust, you know? Right. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, there are people who can't sleep outside of New York because they can't hear that sound. You do, you, you become used to whatever you are around. It becomes their music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So just so, attuning to it and liking it instead of having a revolting feeling is the most important thing yeah. one can do when there's going to be new sounds in the environment. Mm-hmm. I learned that from Tom Doiser, who is on my podcast. It's it's called misophonia. It's a real thing and it's treatable and you can treat it with with no medication. But a lot of people don't know they have misophonia and it's this thing and people get very agitated and angered by it's an intuitive hit that comes and and it's called I, misophonia. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's interesting. I think, I he's, think he's excited and he's pointing at me right now because you got lisophonia. Well, it's like every time I turn on, <laughs> every time I turn on uh, some music, mm-hmm. you know, it's any kind of, it has any mm-hmm. you know, loudness at all to it. Uh, mm-hmm. First reaction well, is turn it down. Turn that's it down. her, that's her relationship. It has nothing to do with you. Yeah. And then you have a neurological uh-huh. response based off of her telling you to turn it down that she doesn't know about. Exactly. Um, but actually, Tom, I could get him on your podcast, but you guys could, you should listen to the episode on misophonia. It was about mm-hmm. four weeks ago, but if you want, let me know, I'll make an introduction. You, you should befriend him and go to misophonia institute.org. He's the president. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. I'm I mean, I have, to help I have him. issues with uh, certain kinds of chewing. Oh, um, misophonia. Yeah, There's an app some for breath it. sounds and it's, it's misophonia. There's a there's a free app for it. Just just yeah. type in misophonia. It's gold. Mm-hmm. And cool. it's yeah. it's curable if you just do it. Right. Um, you have to see the level of your misophonia if mm-hmm. it's like really bad or like mild. But for me, I do scuba breathing because I stop breathing. I hear a motor sound or mm-hmm. a loud sound and I'll stop mm-hmm. breathing and then it's bad. But if I just scuba breathe very slow in and then out, then then it, it goes from like, like a nine yeah. to like a three, it goes mm. it dissipates quickly. So mm. it, I have good news for you. I'm an angel. <laughs> I have an angel sent. To Thank you. you. <laughs> yeah. My pleasure. Well, I know for, for me, my initial response is listen, when I'm, when I'm dialing the sound on the TV, it's at 20 and I can hear everything perfectly. When he's dialing the sound on the TV, it's at 40. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now I do know that he spent most of his teen years with headphones at hot, top volume. Mm. So I'm pretty sure he has some, at least some mild hearing loss. But I think also, I think you're right. I think I might have some misophonia because one of the things is like, for instance, single instrumentals, guitars, piano, like 
the horn sections, it doesn't matter what it is, single instrumentals, for some reason, they trigger me. Okay, that's great that so, you're so that specific like, and you know that. Yeah. So when yeah. you know that on neurological, he's like a behavioral scientist, then you can, when that happens, when you hear a new sound and that happens, you can start, to, you can have a new neurological reaction. You're like, oh. retrain yourself. And then you retrain yourself. You get to the right. root of it. Yes. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, you'll yeah. be and happy. I'm yeah. still not going to want it loud. You have some work but, here. Okay. But just, just <laughs> to be fr- Yeah. But just to be frank with you, like I'm in addition to what you said, like, you know, Mm -hmm. that about, about Phil and you know that about yourself. I was the same way when I was really young, I protected Mm -hmm. my ears. These are noise canceling headphones actually for me, Sophonia, because I'm so sensitive. So I have noise Mm -hmm. canceling headphones, but I'm so sensitive, but I'm also an empath and I'm an HSP, a highly sensitive person and 16 to 20% are HSP. Mm -hmm. So you just, it's actual gift. Most people bulldoze over sensitive people like it's a weakness but actually it's right. a sensitivity and it's a gift so you might be an empath and you might be an hsp yeah. too and that's maybe that's why he loves you so much because you might be sensitive mm-hmm. to most things that other people aren't yeah i know my my aunt's her favorite psychic told me that i was an empath mm. it was the same person who wanted to know why i hadn't published my book yet <laughs> <laughs> i mean literally i sat down at the table she said well you're an empath and why haven't you published your book yet? And I was like, really? Because <laughs> I had I had written the book like three years earlier, and I still haven't gotten around to publishing it. Come out to Hubert the Pillow. Yeah, yeah, it's a children's, children's book. book. Yeah, but yeah, but maybe so, you need yeah. some emotional support with that and someone to help you with that. Yeah, hun. I'm yeah. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Self publish. You can just self publish. Yeah. 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 It's still there. It's a, it's around mm-hmm. some, it's very clever. Yeah. Very we good. have to find yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's get back to Katie's work here. That's Absolutely. A, what, what struck me is that going through some of the YouTubes and, and your, so we saw your podcast and we saw the spoken word videos. And we also saw a, a, a reel of work you've done in film. And I was struck by the number of uh, people that you've worked with that I, I like. Uh, like mm-hmm. Charlie, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. A lame party, bro. Uh, what do you think? Should we jet? Yeah, this doesn't feel right. Hey, guys! <laughs> hey, Sarah. Hey. I am so glad you guys came. Well, um, we ran into a little bit of a problem. My brother, he was supposed to pick up the keg, but he bailed on me. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, yeah, it totally sucks. So, um, we were wondering if maybe you guys could help us out. Oh, you mean, no, I don't, <laughs> no, Jeez, yeah. I don't think that's such a good idea. Yeah. Listen, it's one thing at the bar, you know, where we have control over you guys. It's like another thing. Oh, come on, please, please. You guys have been so cool. Yeah, we were just talking about how cool you guys were. Really? You were? <laughs> mm-hmm. This would be the coolest thing that anyone's ever done for us. Ever. Ever. Oh, Charlie Day, he was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I saw that you mm-hmm. were in a film with Pacino and De Niro. Yeah, were they? Now, now, I'm sure you spent more time with them than you on ca- in real life than on camera. Were they? Uh, were they all right? Mm, honestly, yeah. They no, they were totally all right. But no, people kind of get together. You have your scenes. You know, mm-hmm. you do your scenes, and then. 
you know, yeah, disperse. <laughs> go back to your honey so that wagon. Weren't like, okay. So you're so, not you know, Cause an actor needs to prepare and right. there's, you know, on set, there could be 10, 15, 30 people on set. So when it, it's like a very serious thing, like it seems like so fun and it is, but it's like mm-hmm. when the A team comes in to do an exact scene, we've already rehearsed with the director. Everyone's okay. in their character. And then afterwards you're in a character. So it's not like, I mean, some, sometimes in a comedy TV show, you're like, Hey, and you're just, you know, shooting the breeze, like in between sets and you're laughing off one another. But sometimes when you're doing something intense and you're in a character, like actors, there's this honor and respect to like leave this space so the actor mm-hmm. can do their thing. And then afterwards, you know, there's a, a PA who walks us to our honey wagons to be in our own moment to decompress from being vulnerable, from being emotional or preparing yeah. for the next scene or having to get in hair or makeup or stuff. So there's not really a lot of chit chatting, you know. Nicholas Cage, there was more chit-chatting with us. We had a very private, close set. Werner Herzog requested the set be private because of the intimacy of it. Where's your badge if you're a cop? Here's what I'm looking for. Here's where it says I'm a cop. Sir, it's, it's obviously just, just for personal use. I mean, I'm, I'm not a dealer. That's for the DA to decide. You gotta dump that bag into one, I gotta do it. This fur isn't nothing, but this is my grandmother's. It's worth $60,000. You can give it to your girlfriend. If you don't have a girlfriend, you can give it to your mother. It's attempted bribery. Excuse me. This is worth $60,000. Doesn't that get us past attempted? Where's the rock at? Come on, come on. Who's got the kibble? You want a hit? Yes. But with De Niro and Pacino, I mean, there was like a lot of people there. They're getting the shots. You're kind of doing your thing. And then everyone mm-hmm. dismantled. So okay. um, it was really cool, was though. Very professional. No, yeah. Real, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that was, makes sense. It, it was really great working with them. It was such an honor and so unexpected because, I mean, you people have dreams, but how can you dream to work with Al Pacino and De Niro in one scene? I mean, I don't even yeah, think right. that's possible. Like right. it's like it's like a dream that I didn't even know I had. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like surprise. Yeah, but to have that merit and like so mm-hmm. young in my career to work with De Niro yeah. and Pacino and then Nicolas Cage and these mm-hmm. people, and I'm Greek and they they're Italian and but they have this culture, but there's a sophistication mm-hmm. and like like class to it all and like this respect and honor of essence Mm -hmm. of a body of work and a collective field and entertainment of choices that each individual makes leads us to the well of the water we're going to drink right so I'm really proud Mm -hmm. with my family roots and who I am and the choices I made to put myself in such a prominent situation it's just a big blessing and a gift you know Mm -hmm. but it's also an awareness and and choices we get to make as individuals because the boat's going to come and go. Are you going to jump on the boat or are you going to miss the boat? I've missed the boat a lot. We miss the boat a lot. There's mm-hmm. going to be boats that come and go like the ocean. But when we capture something beautiful and we capture a choice to get yeah. on the boat, if it aligns with our intentions, our morals and values, and sometimes we're mm-hmm. confused about what those are, you know, but it's a discovery and a trust and a faith to lead ourselves in the good direction of what mm-hmm. we want. I think it's a, you know, it's a risk. And it's trial and error. And then it's also like a an interpersonal game to check in with oneself with, oh, I made this choice that wasn't so good. 
made mm-hmm. this choice. So I'm going to do better next time. I made this choice. Oh, I'm being so hard on myself. Oh, I'm catching myself being hard on myself. Oh, a friend's saying, hey, don't be hard on yourself. Oh, yeah, I'm being hard mm-hmm. on myself. So we get to check in with our friends and our community to be kinder with ourselves, with the choices we make and try, try our best to make quality choices and know that we're going to have opportunities multiple times per day to make choices. So what kind of choices are we making? Mm-hmm. So that was that wasn't Heat, was it? The name of that film? Oh, that was the last time they worked together. I heard it was called Righteous Kill. That was the film. Ready to order, gentlemen? I'm not gonna eat. I'm not. Gonna eat. Okay. Come on, sit down. For you, sir? Uh, me? I'll take the veal. The veal. Yeah. Okay, the veal it is. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Because I remember, I think back in the '90s, they were in a movie together called Heat. Where they, they only had like one scene in an entire movie because it was all about they were on they were yeah on, so mm-hmm. yeah I was just trying to put into context which one that was but uh, and I okay. yeah and I you heard that saw that movie in the theater yeah. yeah and I heard that was the last time they worked or Edward, saw yeah. each other so right. it was like a pretty epic thing to like that's what I'm saying to work with both of them right. in the same scene was like pretty right. phenomenal yeah yeah with yeah that, just... that didn't even happen in the Godfather trilogy you know yeah, yeah. worked the scene in that together but mm-hmm. um but then uh, you also worked with morgan freeman mm-hmm. yeah. he was great yeah. yeah yeah sweet soul his essence was really calm and present mm-hmm. yeah it was so great to work with him and be in his presence yeah we worked in bulgaria we did a film together mimi leader shout out to mimi leader female director she's steven spielberg's uh partner producing partner i heard she has that new show with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon on Apple. Oh, the we've morning been obsessing. Show. Yeah, oh. we've been we've been absorbing that. Oh, yeah. I marathoned it. What a great show! And through the union, there they had a screening with Mimi Leader with Jennifer Aniston and two of the male leads, and it was just so cool. Like, oh my god, she directed me in the code in in Bulgaria, and mm-hmm. now she's you know doing this show on apple with jennifer aniston and she's greek and i'm greek and it's you know it's fun connecting mm-hmm. the dots how they all go together and yeah you know, well, i didn't know jennifer aniston was greek i guess jennifer, I yeah i guess her last name is anistonopolis i heard i worked with yeah. her actually on a commercial i worked with her mm-hmm. on um, emirates commercial yeah okay. and i met christopher mcmullen who is one of her really good friends and he created the rachel and i remember when they had the 20 year anniversary but i worked he did my hair him and him and Peter Landon, who works at his salon, Christopher McMillan salon. And uh, yeah, so, so cool to work with Jennifer Aniston and, and Chris McMullen. So that was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just throwing out Lieutenant Dan, Gary Sinise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, uh, you were on CSI. Oh, uh, you made New a bitter beer. Two older brothers and a father watching my every move. I'm stuck here. Lucas was off limits. Just like in the show. Lucas was Romeo. And I was Juliet. Your face there. What's and, that all uh, about? <laughs> he gave uh-huh. me the best compliment of my whole entire career. Yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. 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 What should I tell you? Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He You can't drop we, that and not finish it. <laughs> yeah. We well, we worked together hand in hand for a week. So we were together yeah. wide, medium, short, like for a long time. And in between takes, he just, my, it was my first like network 
cherry break, you know, big role. It was the story of Romeo and Juliet. We were 15 and we were both supposed to take our own lives. We had a forbidden love and he did it and I didn't do it. I I backed out at the last minute, but he went through with it. Yeah. Um, I was referring to CSI New York. Right. With Lieutenant Dan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So he said, he, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, but but you're saying I just saw the clip. I didn't know that there was a Romeo and Juliet backstory mm, to it. Right, you know? we yeah. didn't, we didn't get that much of the story. And also, Philip's a fan of like surface performing and and high wire acts. Oh yeah, and yeah. Did you do that? Did you actually do those stunts? Yeah, we were. No, I had a. I did some of them, but I had mm-hmm. a, a double doing the actual flips. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, but the compliment was the mm-hmm. the best compliment okay. was in between takes. He said. He was just looking into my eyes and he's, he says, you're a very soulful actor. And I was, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know then, you know, Mm -hmm. but like reflecting on it now is like, wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's quite a takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 You were very convincing. So I was, yeah, we were, we were impressed with all your roles. And then we saw, we saw a clip for something called pretty little devils. You looked like you were playing kind of a comedic role in that. Oh yeah, they changed the film. They changed the title to Legacy. My friend mm-hmm. Jason Dudick, he actually has uh, on Netflix. It's called LA Confidential. It's so cool. It's a do- dope documentary. I just talked to him uh, recently. Actually, he's amazing. He actually hired me. I went out for a different role. It's with Hillary, um, Hillary Duff's sister, Haley Duff, and I went out for her best friend. Mm-hmm. And project, but they gave the role to her real best friend in real life. Oh. She was on like Californication, but but they liked my mm-hmm. work so much that they mm-hmm. offered me a different role. And we were cool. just reminiscing about that like a week or two ago. But that was great. It was such a great film to be a part of, and it was so fun. You know, mm-hmm. it was, yeah, it was it was really cool. Yeah, it's so mm-hmm. nice to be able to like stay in contact with these people you create with and. You know, yeah. he, he's producing a lot of projects and with his uh, producing partner. So, yeah, that was a really good experience. And so uh, I guess the music, uh, the spoken word music video, we saw Vulnerable. Everybody's praying that today Teacher's got a bottle that she hides and yet we all go. Blaming social media, I need me a role model. Everybody's saying that this location it seemed like yeah we shot it green galantic this pr agency tur- turned us on to her partner 
in the Palm Springs. So they gave us this ranch for three or four nights and we, oh, I cool. produced it and we shot it there. And Nikki Scorpio, my music partner with mm-hmm. the sophisticated psychos, he did all the editing and stuff. Wait, did he do the editing? No, Fabian was the director. A Fabian mm-hmm. from France is the director. He had his editing partner in France edit it, but Nikki's a singer songwriter. I produced it mm-hmm. and Fabian's wife styled it. And yeah, but that was shot in Joshua Tree. And all the projects, all the music that Nikki and I do together, couples therapy, the, you know, we have an international award-winning web series right now that we created in March, 2020, at the beginning of the pandemic, were official selection for over 26 right now. We won 16 awards, but I won best actor, best director for three of them so far, which is really cool. Yeah. And then we have music streaming, the Sophisticated Cycles music on the Sophisticated Cycles YouTube channel. And then we have music on all the streaming platforms. And during the pandemic, I did a solo EP and Mm -hmm. I had so much time to reflect. I looked at my catalog of music. And so now I'm releasing a bunch of solo instrumental EPs from Mm -hmm. my rave days of being in the Detroit electronic underground music scene. So I'm excited to release those projects under the Sophisticated Cycles. And some of them are encoded with quantum physics healing properties properties so i'm really excited mm-hmm. uh, we teamed up with eric thompson a scientist over at subtle uh, energy sciences so if you want mm-hmm. that's the website subtle energy sciences.com if you want to yeah. check them out okay mm-hmm. wow cool a woman of many talents yeah <laughs> a lot of iron yeah. on the fire you do not stop moving <laughs> i just like to create you know we just brought on a operations person who is like, you know, like I said, with your book, oh, you just need like an emotional help or like that, that, right. piece, that, that piece. It's like everyone can do their best and wear mm-hmm. their hats and do what they do. And I'm, they call me like Katie, the connector, Katie Chinakis is Casey, like Katie, the connector. And I like connecting mm-hmm. people how I said, oh, like I, I can introduce you to Tom, who's the president of the Misophonia Institute. And my mm-hmm. sister, Anna is the one that, you know, turned me on to Misophonia. I had no idea yeah. what it was. And so I, I did research and I found him and she turned me onto the website, but like, I like connecting people. And that's why I feel like we're here, like holding hands together. Cause mm-hmm. I've walked alone and we can walk alone. And at the end of the day, you know, at the, we go to sleep alone and we're going to die alone, but mm-hmm. in between we can hold each other's hands and, and help each yep. other out, you know, cause it's, it's a struggle to do it alone. We all go through tough times and dark moments. I was on this podcast called Grieving Voices. She's a grieving therapist. And she Mm -hmm. taught me one of the myths is grieving alone. Like, oh, you can cry with someone. You don't have to go into your room and isolate and grieve alone. So I kind of have that metaphor of life. Like we can do things alone. And I love my solitude, my alone time to kind of dismantle everything to get to to a rebirth state of Mm -hmm. pureness. But then we can hold hands and do it together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've always been kind of uh, cry alone, but mostly because I don't produce tears when I cry. Mm. So I've been accused of being fake because oh. I don't produce tears. I wouldn't and be around like, that. You know their character. And, and I'll just, you know, I'll just, well, you know, it's mostly my brothers initially. And, and that just made me think, yeah, well, nobody will see me cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, no, in, in that respect, yeah. I would maybe when when mm-hmm. it's not a state of being in the same room, what I would right. do, or under the same circumstance, when it's like a, mm-hmm. a fresh breath of air, when it's not just like, 
communicate in a letter, Hey, I just wanted to let you know, like, this is the reason why I'm like this. And I just wanted to communicate or, Hey, you know, like all these, or in a letter, like, Hey bros, you're sending me an email. I just want to let you know, like, it's really hurt my feelings all these decades or all these years that like, you think it's fake tears. I just don't produce tears. And then by Mm -hmm. speaking from a place of compassion and being vulnerable of who you are, they can, if you send it through an email, they can like digest it. And then maybe take in some new information like, Oh, well, this is the way she is. And actually it hurts her feelings. So then if they do it, they know it hurts your feelings. Or if they do it, that it says a lot about their character, or if, you know, maybe they can develop and practice not to do it. And so you can have a new conversation and a new relationship, but to have the courage to say things to your family and your siblings in that kind of way to lean, to lean into it, we can have a new conversation. Cause when we have a new conversation with ourselves and a new conversation with even the people closest to us, Mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be a, those are the micros that has the macro effect. Cause if you can do it with your family and the people who trigger you the most and grow through it and isolate mm-hmm. when you need to and take the time of solitude when you need to, to get to a balanced state, but then yep. to show up to the mat again, to practice, to show up and to practice and keep going says a lot about our own individual character. It's not about them. It's really about our work first, right? It says about, about, about our character and who we are. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Yeah, some, I don't know. I mean, it's not like they've done it since we were little kids. Well, the thing know? is, I, I mean, the thing I've noticed, and I'll be yeah. candid, the thing I notice is you're more prone to cry at art, music, more movies, you know, than emotional read, stuff, than you are things that happen to you in reality. Right. It's wow. Like, like that's this, a big truth yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's, it's, it's true. Yeah. It makes, yeah. it makes, because it's safe there. And it's a social norm, but I've yeah. seen I've seen a lot of people, a lot of artists, be able to get it out with not yet to be in mm-hmm. a safe space with people who are non judgmental. But like you said, most people feel safe doing it the way that you talked about because they're mm-hmm. you know we're going through a, a big transformation, a change to be able to share oh, feelings time. and to hold space because you can't you you're, you can blame it on the movie. Oh, I watched the movie, that's why I cried. But if it's like if a tear just comes up and you just start crying, it's like, oh, but you can't see that emotional tr- trauma, that emotional toxicity leaving the body. But it's very mm-hmm. therapeutic. It's so healing to cry. I love crying. It's so healing to cry. Yeah. yeah. And I've seen a lot of elderly people. I've heard a lot, not a lot, but some elderly people tell me that they cry more because they're just, they slow down. And then they'll just start crying. But it's a beautiful cry of joy, you know, because you're just appreciating the moment that maybe we wouldn't appreciate when we're younger, you know? Right, right. So good point. I had one, I guess I had one last question for you. Mm -hmm. And then I know Lisa always has a a nice last question. But (laughs) mine uh, is Kiriaki? Kiriaki. Yep. Kiriaki. Kiriaki. Now, I, now hearing you say it, I, now I recall how I heard it mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah. Kiriaki. So where does yeah. that come from? What is it a pseudonym? What is that? So it's my baptismal name. My Yaya, who's my best friend, my grandmother. It was her 92nd birthday yesterday. And oh, cool. she, yeah, she came over from Chios, from the island of Greece, which is the largest, mm-hmm. one of the largest Greek islands. And in the Greek tradition, we're named after goddesses and saints. So she's named after the saint Kiriaki, who was a martyr, who was, you know, she, you know, was really into 
the Lord and in practicing mm-hmm. and she was a saint and dedicated herself. And so my, yeah, my, my father's mother is uh-huh. Kiriaki and that's who I'm named after. Okay. And nice. so also Kiriaki, not only is she a prominent saint, but if I were to say, then in Kiriaki, it means today's not Sunday. Or if you're listening to it on a Sunday, Simira in a Kiriaki. So it's the day, it's the, mm-hmm. Lord's Day Sunday, but it's also the Saint Kiriaki Sunday. Oh, okay. And it's cool to say Kiriaki. Yeah, I love it. Kiriaki. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. Now Definitely the- a, a responsibility and a journey being named Kiriaki, the strict mm-hmm. discipline that I put on myself, knowing her story. There's like a, at my church, there's a book of names and you can read the story of Kiriaki and all the other saints and, you know, goddesses yeah. and I've read it and I've been very detrimental in a way. And then I've had to unhook myself in a way of being a modern Kiriaki and dismantling Mm -hmm. some restrictions I put onto myself. And so that's been a journey. You know, I've had ceremonies where I've asked her to forgive me and to allow me, you know, to walk the path in her name. And, you know, it's an honor. Like if you talk to people, like a lot of people don't know what their names mean, but it's such a sacred thing, knowing the root of your name and like why your name, that name, it's like, it's a part of us, you know, generation, generation, it's a part of us, you know, on a macro level, it's our name that's been mm-hmm. give, given to us. And then some people change their names for their own reasons. So it's mm-hmm. a the big, big, special, fun thing to understand who we are and our names and what they mean, where they come from. Yeah. I know I'm named after both my grandmothers, Eliza and Elizabeth. My name is Lisa Beth. Love it. Oh, my middle name's Elizabeth. Oh, hey. Daughter of God. Oh, I love that. I love that. Daughter of God. I love yeah, that. That's at least one of the definitions of Elizabeth, daughter of God. But I can't remember. I, I think I read it in a baby book. Well, doesn't that trump Danny's um, relationship mm-hmm. to Jesus? I don't. Let's not know. <laughs> There was a point when my brother was using drugs and my uncle had just gotten out of a psychiatric ward Mm. when they did a a genetic going back in time and, and they chased us, they traced us to Jesus. Beautiful. Yes. Yes. There were a few misconnections there, you know, but basically they traced us back to a family in Wales that had moved from the Middle East around the time of Jesus. And they were... I, I don't know. So there were some leaps of faith, shall we say. Yeah. I love uh, it. Yeah. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm not, Hey, wh- the funniest, the funniest part of it was, um, so my brother's saying how he's related to Jesus. He's a scion of Christ. And I said, Oh, so, so we're related to Jesus. And he goes, well, no, just me. And I'm like, we have the same mother and the same father, but it's just you. And he goes, Oh, Oh, yeah, never I thought, guess so. Never figured that one out. Did, and did you do Ancestry.com or something or would you do? Not, not for that. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Ancestry.com did not find a direct link to Christ. <laughs> well, I think we're all, we all have a yeah. direct link, right? We all have a direct link. To- <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and, and my brother was an 11 month gestation. Ooh, wow. As was Christ and as was... What? Martin Luther King, as was Kennedy. But the the joke so, is that it uh-huh. never occurred to him that if he was related to yeah. 
to yeah. Jesus, his sister might be related right. as well. So <laughs> just as kind of a joke, I went around work blessing everyone for a couple of weeks. Yeah. It was just, it's <laughs> you know, just, it's like, just, just in case, bless you, child. But now, Elizabeth, you being, <laughs> yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Elizabeth being the daughter right. of God. I That's mean, kind of funny. Now you could throw right, that right yeah, back at Daniel. Exactly. You know, next time he pulls that on Well, you. but, you know, and then Daniel and the lion's den and all that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But... That wow. goes back to the Bible. That went somewhere. Yeah, respect. didn't it? <laughs> She's all over the place. Yes, yeah, right. I am. So the the there's two last questions we ask. And sure. mine is, is there anything that you would expect us to have asked that we did not? Or that you just want would have wanted us to ask about? Hmm. It's a very good question. <laughs> it's a poser. I guess I guess with everything I've done thus far, my mm-hmm. number one goal is to be a household name in entertainment. I've dabbled, I've had success. I've been around the block, been around Mm -hmm. the world. And I know myself within and without. And I feel like everyone has a journey, no matter if you're an artist, an actor. I think we all have our own journey and no two stories are alike. So be, you know, curious to walk your Mm -hmm. path and, um, not judging self for what that may look like and Mm -hmm. allowing it because in my egoic mind, I have visions of certain things, but when we go past the ego or we dismantle ego and we Mm -hmm. look at it more of an anchor as, as like a projected anchor of over the rainbow or somewhere to go to the, the journey of the unknown along the way are the gifts. So to maybe take them in as, Oh, this is getting me off my track more of so like this actually is teaching me something what is this going to teach me like i'm interested to know like what what i'm supposed to learn from this and then always be aware mm-hmm. of the anchor and the dream and the goal of whatever you one wants to obtain and for me it's on-screen acting so and being a household name in that realm but i'm so grateful and blessed of all the experiences that i've had along the way and i'm so grateful to be able to lose myself to find myself again Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a point where I thought maybe I was lost in the ocean and I didn't know if I was going to be able to find self again. There's no going back, but mm-hmm. being able to find self again. And I was, you know, feared, worried, all that stuff, anxiety, like crying, all that stuff. And and I was able to find self again through the discovery. So I encourage the listener to discover, play be curious. And even with the unknown, the unknown pleasures and joy, and then the, the unknown that aren't pleasures, maybe just look to those ones. How am I supposed to grow through this? What am I supposed to be learning and being aware to have courage to, to test those things out, but not to sacrifice to hurt oneself or another. So if it's going to hurt you or another, then obviously don't do it. But if it's going to be uh, expanding my wings to discover something new about myself, then mm-hmm. I encourage you and give you permission to do that thing. Even if your partner and everyone else is maybe saying, don't do it, keep it for yourself and discover it for self before sharing it with another. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Good advice. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I already did it. Mm-hmm. I tell my clients I have a couple clients. I love them for it. They do. They don't talk. They don't tell everyone what they're doing. They have careers. They're mm-hmm. not in entertainment, but they want to get involved. They're doing the work and they're not telling anyone. So then when they go to actually book something, then they'll mm-hmm. say, oh, I booked this. They're like, oh, I didn't even know you were doing it. It's kind of like the metaphor is mm-hmm. like two, 
like having a blank canvas and putting what you want on it. But when you communicate and tell the people you love, they're going to give you energy back, but it might not be reciprocal energy of what you want to hear. And it, it, it like puts other colors on the canvas that you don't want to hear, you know? So if you can be in silence and solitude about it and to be focused before sharing to, to allow it Mm -hmm. life to, to be alive. I think a lot of times the other second analogy I have is I didn't know until a few years ago that it's very common for women to miscarry when they're, you know, trying Mm -hmm. to get pregnant. And so people don't talk about it until after their first trimester. And so I look Mm -hmm. at that same exact thing as as an idea or an inspiration for wanting to do anything in life. It's like, give that, give that chi, that life force, that energy, a chance to develop, to become an oak tree, to become so Mm -hmm. strong within yourself. So when no one says, when anyone says anything, it can't dissipate. So after the three months of being so solid within oneself, then sharing. So then it can't like really put the fire out, you know? Yeah. Well, like speaking to that whole pregnancy thing here in, in my community and my Cincinnati, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, yeah, city, but I mean, my community of Cincinnati growing up, it was absolutely not acceptable to give a pregnant woman a gift until after her fifth month, Mm. unless you were her mother or her mother-in-law. Yep. Only the moms. It makes sense. Cause on a psychological level, what Mm -hmm. if she has an aversion to that gift? What if it gives her a sensorial triggering like experience and then it's not good for the baby of the the development? Even if if it has nothing to do with that, you know, it doesn't cause anything. I mean, you know, there's a they do say that that the majority of miscarriages are caused by a a problem in the zygote. So, you know, whether or not that miscarriage would have happened, giving them the gift can be considered. It, it was like, it, it's a, a, what's it called? You know, but, but still to this day, I practice that. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot a of people I know here in Cincinnati, right? yeah, superstition. And a lot of people here in this area won't even announce a pregnancy still to this day until they're five months. Mm-hmm. And then you've got other people who are on YouTube shooting off blue. My, yeah, our best friends just found out that they're not only going to be a grandma and grandpa again, but two. <gasps> two. Oh, both that... of their sons are, are currently in production. Uh, with uh with grandchildren so they're very excited now they did find out that there's another boy and she has hope in her heart that the 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 one that isn't quite there yet is a girl because she's got this will be her third grandson Mm -hmm. she Mm -hmm. wants a she wants a granddaughter yeah but she'll she'll love a grandbaby no matter what i mean she's obsessed so the key word you said was hope Mm -hmm. h-o-p-e hope and that's the most important thing when, you know, producing mm-hmm. anything, hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the last question is Phil's. Well, yeah. Do you want to promote any of your socials, any of your, you know. Uh, Upcoming your... productions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Just uh, my last name, Chinakis. So Chinakis.com is my website. Put in an email and send you an automation up the poetry book a lover's fairy tale i'm on all social media uh, chinakis katie chinakis i'm on you know twitter mm-hmm. instagram tiktok all that stuff and then we're 
the sophisticated psychos too on Facebook and Instagram. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's been fantastic. Really yeah. enjoyed uh, mm-hmm. talking to you and definitely going to follow up on if nothing else, the misophonia. Well, oh yeah. <laughs> so definitely put on uh, Shane Salk's link mm-hmm. in there, or I can email it to you in the misophonia link as well. We can send those over to you. Yeah, go ahead and send those links. Uh, you know, yeah. any others that you'd like. You know, we got an, Yeah, uh, we can hook them up. No limit yeah. on the amount of text yeah. we can put. And then I, I, I got <laughs> him to. I, I was going nuts, so I got him to make all of our socials. Yeah, uh-huh, pod. <laughs> I love yeah. the name. How'd you come up with the name? It's a marriage story, actually. When we first got married, he observed that I had a tendency to say "yeah, uh huh" a lot in response to things, yeah. and. So we were getting ready to get married, and he said, "Well, we've got to the the minister's house, the minister's house, and we uh-huh. we, we sit alert. there in anticipation because I I knew that when he asked asked her the question, do you take this man to be your lawfully wedded husband? I knew she would say, yeah, uh huh, <laughs> and then he would start laughing, and and, and so, so we stood the whole there. Thing we're laughing because we're because I'm just exploding with laughter expecting uh-huh. her to say that because when she said yeah. it you know when she says it her fa- uh, smile comes across it's just funny it's yeah like, uh-huh it's cute did so. you say that I did not because did. he didn't did he didn't ask the the I do question he asked the will question yeah that's really awesome. so the response was I will <laughs> was the appropriate as opposed to I do yeah oh. so because of that it threw me off and I ended up not saying yeah uh-huh got it but, but still, it was the whole thing was funny, and especially when he got to the point where he's talking about how marriage is a serious endeavor, and 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 right when he says that, we're we both just go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we lost it because we had no idea. Just a how, little bit, and we, it. We had no idea how, how hellaciously hard it would be. At the plus, it was New Year's <laughs> Day, and he left. We were in we were in the room, and he pulled together the the doors to the front room, like a, like a little parlor. And then they were watching the game in the other room and he could see the game over our shoulders. So that was a little bit funny. And it was really, I mean, we're, we're cool about stuff like that. It was funny. We like, yeah. 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 How long have you been married? 27 years. Yeah. Yeah. Many blessings. Many blessings. It's so cute. You all started a podcast together. Yeah. We're having fun. Yeah, Yeah. we are. We, it's a great people. name. I love it. It's like, Thank yeah, you. uh-huh. It's very sassy. Well, and, and really, he wanted things like Chat Lab and a couple of other things, but we would have had to have Chat Lab 1085. Well, yeah, there were ch- Chat Labs <laughs> all over the place, you know. So all when, over when the place, you, you know. In, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. nothing popped up. So when you listen to the, I, I can guarantee <laughs> you at some point or two during this podcast, she said that, that we just missed it, but you'll notice her saying that. So. Oh, no, she now said, you'll yeah, notice she, it because yeah, yeah. pointed it out. Yeah. Well, I think it's so it funny when I'm, yeah, I think it's so funny when I'm like in conversation with people or like, and I don't say anything, but I notice it. Or if I'm right. watching TV and they'll, they'll say it like all over the place. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I love it. I love it. I'll just mm-hmm. have a quiet little chuckle by myself. Yeah. But <laughs> most people aren't aware of it, but I guess people say it a lot. Oh, yeah. All over, yeah. She's all over the place. Yeah. Yep. That's mm-hmm. the, that's another big, that's the, that's the podcast. So yeah. that's where you can catch. She's all mm-hmm. over the place. Podcast with, with Katie. Katie Chinakis. Yes. Yeah. Can, that's all where right. you can find Katie and uh, you'll have a good time. Just like we did. Thanks for yeah. joining us, Katie. Lisa, Phil, thank yeah. you so much. I'm uh-huh. so grateful. Thank you so sure. much. Yeah, Many blessings. You too. you too. All right. Have a good evening. Good evening. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Hey listeners, it's Lisa and Phil from Yeah Uh Uh-huh. How are we doing? We love feedback. Please use our socials to let us know what you think. We have social. Twitter. Yeah Uh Uh-huh Pod. Instagram. Yeah Uh Uh-huh Pod. Facebook. Yeah Uh Uh-huh Pod. Notice Notice a pattern. pattern. Website. www.yeah-uh-huh.com. So let us know. Hit us back. Have a great week.